Ladies and gentlemen, it's another edition of Fair Ones and Fairways, and we have got to recap what has happened this past weekend with the big mega fight, super fight between Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. And I'll tell you all this, man. Of course, I'm Noel Sosa. I'm here with the Hurricane Fernando Rivas, and we have Ivory Towns on the line. Fellas, Errol Spence. Errol Spence called this one. He said it was going to be a one-sided ass whooping. He had he had it he had it partly correct. I mean, it was a one-sided ass whooping. But boy, he he gets a pat on the back for that one, I guess. (laughs) He got more than a pat on the back. I tell you that. Yeah, no. And I guess he can. I guess he can still look at his belts, quote unquote, right? Yeah, Yeah. he he gets to keep them for sure. It was just ceremonial, so he's, he's good. Yeah, I mean, past accomplishments, man. I mean, he 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 was <laughs> right. he was who he said he was, but he didn't look like it when he got in the ring with Terrence Crawford. Fellas, thank you guys for joining me, man. Uh, a lot to uh, discuss and review here. Now that the, the that the smoke has cleared, the dust has settled. Uh, Terrence Crawford dominates and just really puts a whooping. On Earl Spence Jr. this past weekend, man, getting the stoppage in the ninth round. Uh, let me just start right here, real quick, man, because I was the I was the lone man out here. I picked uh, Spence to win this fight, um, but both of you, Hurricane and 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 Ivory, you guys picked Crawford. Uh, I will say, Fernando, you were pretty close, almost even on the round of when all this was going to happen. But even you have got to admit, you didn't yeah. see it happening exactly that way. You called it, but. I mean, we didn't. I don't think anybody anticipated it being that one-sided. No, no. I thought honestly it would be competitive for the first half of the fight. I did say that he would start getting punished by the eighth or ninth round, but I, in no way it, did I ever think it, he'd get dominated from from begin, beginning to end. I mean, it was by the second round to me that fight was over. Mm. I saw his demeanor after the third round, which he came back and arguably could have won it. He looked like a beaten man to me, regardless. And uh, by the fourth round, to me, it was uh, it was confirmed. And I texted you after the fourth round. I said, fish fry. <laughs> I said, fish fry. And uh, so he was a beaten man after the fourth round, in, in my opinion. Ivory, what would you think of the fight, man? I mean, uh, again, you also picked uh, Bud. But, boy, could, could we have imagined what we saw uh, from Terrence Crawford there? Let me ask this. I don't know if I've seen a better performance by a 35-year-old fighter. Is that crazy to say? Um, I mean, we can we've go back. Seen, we've seen we've we've go seen thirty five year old fighters go out there and win and look good, but dominating all world all time great at thirty five that's what that looked like to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's hard, right, to not be what what is the what is the phrase they use? Uh, 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 you know, captive by the moment. Yeah. Because we're so fresh off this performance, and I think we're all just yeah. stunned and impressed with how tremendous Terrence Crawford look. Listen, I've been having conversation with people. I'm telling people, Terrence Crawford is an all-time great. Like an all-time great, one of the best boxers we've ever seen, based off of what, obviously, his body of work, but capped off by, you know, his performance against Errol Spence. I mean, there were moments in there where he looked, and this is just me talking here, I thought he looked like Sugar Ray Leonard a few times in there. You know, And, and I said, man, this dude here, I just... It, to do what he did, listen, he took Errol Spence Jr., who was one of the baddest guys in boxing. Errol Spence Jr. is one of those fighters that other fighters talk about. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a reputation. People expect, 
you know, uh, a certain, you know, uh, a certain way from Earl Spence Jr. And and we're talking about an in-prime world champion. Uh, people are scared to fight this guy. He breaks bones. All the things we talked about. He's got three titles or had three titles. And, and Terrence Crawford made it look like he didn't even belong in the ring with him. I mean, it yeah. was just it, so it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say because we could go back. You know, through the annals of, of of boxing, and there have been some incredible performances, right, uh, by by champions around that age or even a little bit older. But as it stands right now, it's hard it's hard to 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 look past what Terrence Crawford just did. Yeah, no, it is, and you know, you you have to look back to like Hopkins and Trinidad, um, Hopkins and Pavlik, right? You know, uh, for a guy in his thirties and forties, in that case, yeah. I mean, look at Hopkins and Tarber. Right. Uh, that was another one. Where, and so Hopkins has a lot of those moments, actually. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a Hall of Famer for a reason. Right. Uh, but, you know, Mayweather Corrales. Uh, sure. Back in that day, that was two guys who were on the pound-for-pound pound list, and people were thinking that was a 50-50 fight. And right. And he dropped Corrales six times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's happened, you know, but they th- these type of one-sided beatings in big fights don't happen too often. Right. Which is why it's really shocking to see. And again, right, the things that made this fight special, even amongst what we would consider super fights, you know, two guys in their primes, right, fighting each other. And, and you just you just thought it might be a little bit more contested. I know I sure did. Again, I picked uh, Errol Spence because yeah. I just figured, you know, he, you know, Errol Spence, he's just a different breed, man. He's got this dog in him. But boy, let me tell you what. Terrence Crawford said, hey, if you're going to have that conversation, you've got to be talking about me. You know, and and I tell you, man, this is this is the part that a lot of people made made light of this. But when Earl Spence Jr. came out with Big X the plug, and 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 was and was jamming that "Don't mess with Texas," dude, you should have seen me in the living room. I was jumping up and down. I was like, "Yeah, we gonna show them boys how we get down. We finna represent tonight. We finna dog this dude out." And then and then, <laughs> then Bud Crawford somehow, yeah, somehow. Gets Eminem to bring him out over. to the ring. It was over right there, and you can I'm argue. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> he wasn't losing that. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? Who how do you get Eminem to bring you out to the ring? So it was incredible, man. Uh just all up until and again, I think Earl Spence won the first round. I thought he was winning the second round until he got clipped. And then again, this is just me talking. I thought Earl Spence won the third round. And at that point, I'm like, oh man, Earl won the first round. Bud won the second round with a knockdown, but Earl coming back. And I'm thinking, hey, here we go. You know, we are in for what we expected. But it was at that point, and Ivory, I was talking to you at the time uh, while I was watching the fight. It, it, that was the last <laughs> that we saw yeah. as Junior have anything going in the ring because it was all uh, the Bud. It was all a fish fry uh, from, from that point on, man. Just, I, again, I'm still having to try to wrap my mind around that performance, man. It was just very shocking. No, it, it was one-sided, man, and that was the most shocking part. I think knowing that or thinking that Terrence Bud Crawford was going to come out and look good, that wasn't the shocking part, but just how bad Spence looked against Crawford. Um, that was that was the part no one kind of expected. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, we may have changed our philosophy or maybe some of us have changed our – thinking when it comes to, to, to boxing because it's always been this kind of two different worlds. You either all heart and all muscle and power and and you know just pride and all that. 
which is I, I would put Earl Spence in that in that category. Bud Crawford too. But the other side of that is the technical side of it. Do you know? Do you know your ins and outs? Do you know your P's and Q's? And not saying that Earl Spence does it, but I think he leans more on the heart, power, pride, traditional boxer by any means necessary way of of, of going about it. Bud Crawford is going to break. Is going to study his books and break in some of that technological side of the game, the thinking side of the game. You know, I'll give you. You know, we talked about it last time. Bud Crawford has no problem giving you the first two or three rounds. He's 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 learning. He's he's racking up the uh the, the information and and it was just it was put on display Saturday night, man. And it was it was outstanding. And Bud Crawford's a bad boy. My in my mind right now, pound for pound, and it shouldn't be anything to argue about. Yeah. And you know, you talked about Errol knows his P's and Q's, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Crawford knows the entire damn alphabet. Of boxing, <laughs> honestly, a, I mean a, a through Z. Huh? And look, and and I was one thing that was shocking to me was his inability to adapt in there. There, I mean, he had no defense for anything, uh, anything that uh, Terrence was throwing at him. And and if you notice, he was throwing his punches; they weren't all the same. Even his right hook, he would throw it in different ways. He would throw a textbook one time, then he would throw it. He would kind of whip it, and it would have a different effect on on uh, on Spence. So, but, and and he did it throughout the fight, and at no point did uh, Spence adjust to it. He just kind of kept plodding forward, and and, and gradually he started losing his steam in his punches. He started losing pop in his punches. He just, it was like he was just a beaten man. He was just seeing, just throwing something out there and see if it would stick. You know, and and that's, I think the clip is even up there on our social media, uh, if you find us uh, at Fair Ones and Fairways. Uh, for now, you said it. You said, you know, everything you just described. When I was talking about what Earl brings to the table, that dog, that aggressiveness, that pressure fighter uh, uh, way yeah. of, of, of executing the game plan. But you said if there's no plan B, C, or D, you, you could end up on your ass. And and Earl got knocked down several times in that fight. And, again, there really was no adjustment. That's the part that blew my mind. I said, man, he just trying the same punch – over and over, he did a. He had a couple of moments where he he maybe changed the angle on something, but not to the level that you would anticipate a fighter of that caliber at that level being able to make adjustments. And 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 can I go ahead and jump into this real quick? Uh, listen, and I'm not here to to knock anybody. Listen, man, these are the guys. These are the professionals. They get in the ring. They put in the work. I will never knock somebody because I'm just an observer. I'm just a commentator, right? But from an observer standpoint, I got to say, I was less than impressed with Derek James, uh, you know, or Errol Spence's trainer. And again, this guy, he's accredited. Listen, he got trainer of the year. He's got an amazing stable of fighters. But the way he handled the moment, I was I was kind of shaking my head a little bit on that. I mean, is that at least fair to say, Fernando, you know, you're a trainer, yeah. you're a fighter. I'll go to you on that. Yeah. Well, when you're the trainer of the year, you have to come up with some type of game plan, some type of adjustment. And it just seemed like he was just letting Spence do just whatever. Like he he wouldn't tell him to go to the body. There was there was no urgency. It seemed like um, you know there was no straight punches. Whenever he would throw his left, he would just keep looping it, looping it like a hook. I never seen. I never. I don't think I saw him throw a straight punch, a straight left at at any point in time. No feints. You know nothing to kind of disrupt uh, Terrence's rhythm. At no point did he make any type of adjustments. Where I mean, it was just baffling how you're a world world class fighter. Unified, you know, three belts, and you can make simple adjustments. 
And and I know it's saying a lot. I mean, it's Terrence Crawford, but you can make some adjustments in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're losing the fight and you know things seem lost, you can still sell out and go all out and, you know, go out go out on your shield, you know, right. land something, you know, right. make it a fight. And it just seemed like it seemed like the fight was beaten out of him by the second knockdown. I think he said, shit, that's it, I'm done. Mm. He he landed, a, if you saw, yeah. he landed a beautiful overhand left on Crawford, and Crawford just threw a, a nicely timed, I think it was like a lead uppercut from, from his southpaw stance. Right. And put him on his ass. And by the way, he fought him southpaw the whole time, which I, I was very surprised. Very surprised. So he yeah. beat him at his own game. He outboxed yeah. him. He outfought him. He outworked him in every sense of the word. I mean, it was just a complete master class. I mean, it, it really was, man. And, and, and one more note, you know, with, with my critique, if you will, and I try to be fair with this, man, again, because, I mean, these guys, they're the professionals. Listen, who am I to say, oh, well, Derek James, he was slacking when he was just trainer of the year, right? But I just, you know, one thing that stood out to me, man, when things went left, when that knockdown happened, and and, and Errol Spence gets in the ring, and Fernando, again, I got to lean on you for your feedback on this because you're in those corners, you know, as a trainer, as a fighter. Uh, you know, when the trainer is stuck on, are you okay? Are you, are you good? You all right? It's like, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. like, I, to me, yeah. If I, I can just imagine as a fighter, that's almost just as disheartening yeah. when, when, when your chief second, right, your, yeah. your trainer, all he can ask you, are you good? You good? Like, damn, yeah. bro, I think I'm like, right. Yeah. And, you know, Tell me something. I'm, I'm looking to you. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, uh, you, you know, you have to make, make sure your fighter doesn't lose any confidence in there, especially like in a big fight. You know, as a coach, you always want to look at their body language. You know, you don't want to ask him, "Are you okay?" You you know, you let him, "Hey, how we feeling after that round? How we feeling? You feeling good? You know, how we feeling?" And you kind of look at him. You know, don't tell him, "Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you continue? Like, you don't want to do that, right? You know, because at that point, if I'm a fighter, my coach tells me that I'm gonna think, "Well, shit, I'm getting my ass whipped. What, yeah, what do I do?" Yeah, yeah. So you know, you want to be able to ascertain that your fighter's okay first, and then let's come up with a game plan to make some adjustments. And be honest with your fighter, too. You know, don't tell him, you know, just because you don't want to ruin his confidence, don't tell him, hey, you're getting your ass whipped. You know, that's it. Let, let's come up with a plan. You know, uh, hey, man, it doesn't look good in there. We need to start taking some risks. You know, let's let's press him or let's do you know, whatever whatever it is you want to do that you want to convey to your fighter that you want him to do. You have to be able to let him know in a way that that lets your fighter know it's urgent. And, you know, we're not we're not we're not hitting the scorecards, obviously. Right. Uh and let's 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 change some things up. You know, you have to be able to let them know that in a certain way. Um, but you know, in a big fight like that, I and mean, I've seen different coaches do do similar things where it's like, "Hey, are you okay?" Or, or like, you know, what when uh, Teo fought Cambosis, all I kept hearing was Teo Senior saying, "Fuck him up, son. Fuck him up, right. son." That's how he kept like, going. Yeah, yeah. Tell him how to fuck him up, yeah, son. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Tell him how to fuck him up. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't just tell him that. And so like. It could be just, it's a big moment. It's the biggest fight, and, you know, your adrenaline's running, and you're thinking, you know, a mile a minute. But uh, surely he could have given us some different instructions or something, you know. Something. Something. Just something. Sure. Uh, you know, Dude. something that would be, you know, think, oh, this this is why this guy's trainer of the year, right? Yeah. Because he's got the, you know, he's got, he's got, he's looking at things. He's studying things. He knows what a plan B, C, or D should look like. Yeah. I just, I just didn't see that. And I just thought, listen, not trying to be critical. It's just something that I noted, you know, yeah. that I noticed and that I was like, ah, interesting, you know, about, yeah. about and- when things got rough you know, how the trainer even responded. And I will say this. I mean, after that seventh round, it should have been on Derek James to tell him, hey, you got to sell out now. You have got to let let your hands go. If, you, if you're going to get stopped, you're going to get stopped. But take a risk because we're not winning. 
that that's what that's what he should have said after that seven round because the fight seemed lost at that point already. There was mm. no sense in it. And uh when you get dropped twice like that, you have to really take an honest look. It's either, hey, are you gonna sell out or, or do we gotta stop the fight and save you for another day? Right. Because, you know, uh, you can ruin a fighter if you let him go out there and take that kind of punishment continuously as well. I mean, look at Fernando Vargas, you know, what they did to him when he was young. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no telling how far he could have gone. But um, but yeah, so Real quick, let me ask this: If you if you're one of Derek James's other fighters, and you're watching that, what's that next conversation going to be with him? Man, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're Ryan Garcia. What's the conversation? <laughs> he, <laughs> he might be packing his bags right now. <laughs> but uh, but if you're right. if you're if you're somebody that's deep in that camp, you know, maybe you tell coach, hey, you know, give it to me straight in the corner, coach. You know, let me know what I need to do. Yeah, let me know when it's time to start taking risks. You know. Tell, give it to me straight. If I'm losing, I'm losing. You know, uh, it's, I trust you to stop the fight if you think I'm hurt. But just give it to me straight. Give me the straight information. You know. So let, 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 you know, let, Go ahead. Go ahead. I sorry. No, nah, I was. I, now I was just gonna say, man. You know, Fernando, you said you saw it about third, fourth round. Maybe Derek James saw it too, man. Could have been. You know, you know could have been. And it just it's it's hard. You know, when you have a fighter that's undefeated, never experienced defeat. It, it it's hard to tell that fighter sometimes. Hey man, it's it's not it's not working out tonight. You know we gotta do something. But you know, from from my perspective, yeah, I saw. To me, that fight was over by the third fourth round. I saw it was over. And like I said, I was texting uh, No So. I was like, hey man, that's a fish fry. <laughs> the fish is fried. I texted him a the picture. Way, the way and the way he was, the way Crawford was moving, man. He he was he was floating all around that <sighs> ring, that ring. Like you say, once he you got know, in his rhythm. Harold Spence, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, once yeah, he got yeah. in his rhythm, it was a wrap. It was over. And that's a good way to yeah, put it. Man. It really was, man. He was just so confident in there. Uh, just where he wanted to be in the ring. He was every angle. Didn't look one bit concerned with anything coming back his way. And he just fought so confidently and executed the game plan so flawlessly. Again, I think that is just one of the great performances that we have seen uh, in quite some time, especially when you consider the level of opposition that he was space, uh, facing. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just incredible, man. Terrence Bud Crawford, uh, who is now 40 and 0 uh, with 31 knockouts uh, and has is the first male fighter uh, to be undisputed in two different weight classes. Fernando, how significant is that? Well, you know, in the four belt era, right? It's very significant. But, you know, let's go back. Uh, a little bit before that era, uh, back in the three belt era, the WBC, sure, the, sure. Holyfield did it at cruiserweight, and right. then he did it at heavyweight. So, and that's, it, that's impressive. So, so it, it's yeah, been done. Yeah. But in in this four belt era, where everybody and their grandma has a belt, right? You know, to be able to have the four main belts all to yourself, it is an accomplishment for sure. And to be recognized as the man at that weight class, like I said, when everybody and their grandma has a belt, yeah, it's a big accomplishment. I think so. I think so, and it's and we love to see that. Um, and again, it, it's amazing to see Terrence Bud Crawford be able to do that. Uh, obviously, people are jumping into okay, will there be a rematch? Uh, and it looks like Earl Spence. You know, here we are, a few days after the fight has has taken place, is still standing pretty firm on hell yeah, there's going to be a rematch. Yeah. He, he he's saying he wants it again. He is saying that he wants it at 154. And from what I gathered from the uh, post-fight press conference, 
Uh, Terrence sound, sounds like he's pretty cool with that. Yeah. He sounds like, yeah, we can do a 154, at least from what, what, what has been said thus far. Yeah. And, you know, he should feel that, w- that way. You know, he's a young warrior. He just lost his O. He, you know, he wants some get back. He should feel that way. It's his management and his team's have to say, no, 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 calm down. Let's get, <laughs> let's get a tune up. Let's, let's, let's rebuild you and let's, you know, maybe forget about Crawford. But, uh, well, well hold on. Now. Let me ask you this then. I mean, you're saying that. So you're, are you saying that? If they did rematch, let's let's just say, let's just for the sake yeah. of argument here, say it happens at one fifty four. Are you saying that there's we're just going to see the same thing? I think so. I think it would be quicker. Yeah. Oh. I think it would be oh. uh, four or five from four to six rounds. It's a wrap. But here's the catch: if your arrow spins one fifty four, you're stronger. You know, you don't feel weak and dehydrated. You, you know, make weight comfortably. You can do something, but again. You have to make it a rough fight, a dirty fight. You have to take him out of his rhythm. You have to press him, and you're going to have to go into that fight knowing either I'm going to knock him out early or he's going to knock me out early. It ain't going to be, no, I'm going to go 12 rounds with this guy. I'm going to outbox this guy, or I'm going to do this and that. No. You either have to kill or be killed, literally. Well, not literally, but figuratively. Yeah, sure. Kill or be killed. You either knock him out early or he knocks you out early. That's That's his pathway to victory. Ivory do, uh, Ivory, do you think yeah. if they rematched at 154, it would be the same thing? Yeah. I mean, the the way, first of all, Bud Croft is already a great fighter. The way he just dominated another great fighter. Um, yeah. I, and, yeah, put a little more weight on him. Both of them punches may be a little heavier at this next at this next step. But, no, nah, I mean, he, he's a he's a computer, uh, Bud Crawford. And he has the he has the calculations and. I don't think he'll uh, he'll give up those numbers anytime soon, man. And I think it'll be just just like we just saw, especially if you want to do it real quick, you know, a four or five, six month turnaround. I don't know. I, and personally, I think he needs some time off. And yeah, if you jump right back into a rematch, like Fernando said, that's on that's on your management side to talk to. And, you out and of by that. the way, I mean, Thank what? How how telling was it that he only needed one round to down, to download the info? <laughs> one round is all it took, and he downloaded that's the it. info. That's he, it. He 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 did his homework. They looked very prepared uh, out of the uh, Terrence Bud Crawford side of things, man. And I also like that. At some point, I don't know if he's one trainer of the year or not, but Bo Mack needs to get that trainer of the year at some point because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was a masterful game plan right there for sure. I mean, they they definitely executed, man. You know, I try to think: could it be any different at one fifty four? My 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 knee jerk reaction is. Probably not. It's not that big of a weight difference. I, I think if anything, no. you know, Bud himself would probably, you know, welcome not having to cut the weight so much exactly. himself. So it's almost like, well, there's really no advantage. It's probably the same thing. I don't think. I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, again, I'm just still so shocked that 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 Earl, uh, you know, was treated the way he was treated in that fight. Man, was handled the way he was handled. So a part of me wants to be like, man, that was a fluke. There's no way he's going to go out there and, and look that way again. But man, again, and, and, and let's address this real quick too. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, "Well, Earl didn't look right. Uh, something was wrong with him. He looked dehydrated. He just didn't look yeah. like Earl Spence." And 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 I hate that conversation because I feel like people are trying to take credit away 
from Terrence Bud Crawford. Listen, there's even a video right now, and Ivory, you talked about this right before we started, you know, we got on and started recording the show. And matter of fact, right before you told me, I had got a message from somebody else, man, a family member of mine sent me a video. Uh, and actually, they work in the medical field, and they're like, I think this might be true, you know? And and, yeah. and and there was a doctor, there's a video of a doctor out there who's kind of saying that uh, Earl Spence has signs of, of 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 just like damage, like like mental, like physical, um, uh, neuro neur- neurological. Yes, da- that neuro- ca- exactly. Neuro neurological repercussions, right from, from, from the crash from the car crash. crash. crash right the from crash the. Cr- that's true. He was in. Uh, he, that's right. That's right. There was the big dramatic crash, and then you know the other crash, and so people have been highlighting this and saying, "Well, something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with him." Listen. He's had fights since those crashes, and he never looked like that until he faced Terrence Bud Crawford. I say all that to say, I think you got to give Crawford the credit for making Spence look the way he looked. No, for sure. I mean, he, that was his third crash oh, no right doubt. there. Oh, no. <laughs> that was his third crash. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. and, and if you watch those knockdowns, look at the timing of Terrence Crawford. Look when he was catching him. Anybody would have would have fallen with those punches. Yeah, the first one it was a it was like a little right uppercut, I believe, and I think he turned it into a jab. Yeah, and he caught him. He caught, he made him kind of off balance. Like he 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 pivoted and turned him off balance. Landed that shot, put him on his ass. And, and when the jab and listen, that, that's one thing, man. I, I love it when boxers do this. You know, who used to do this really good was Kovalev. I used yeah. to love the way he turned his jab into a power punch yeah. because you're able to load it when it's the third yeah. shot. You know, because you you throw it out there for the lead. You come with your with your power hand, yeah. but all of a sudden now with with your momentum shifted backward and your weight shifted backward, if you throw that jab again, that's no longer just a regular jab. That's a power shot. Yeah, and someone else yeah. was masterful yeah. of that. Was Manny Pacquiao? Boy, you saw he dropped Cotto, uh, yes, I think the second time. Yes, sir. He, it looked like it was a straight shot, and at the last second, he turned into a, a hook and he put him on his ass too. Absolutely. So it's a very masterful skill to be able to pull that off. And then uh, the second knockdown, same thing. You know. Spence lands a beautiful left left overhand. You think, oh, here we go. I know. The fight's about to yeah. pick up. And then uh, Spence catches him with a beautiful right hook. Right Crawford. On the, Crawford catches uh, him. Crawford, yeah, my bad. Crawford catches uh, Spence with a beautiful right hook. And again, he goes down. And then that uh, third, second knockdown, the seventh round, it was just, again, he, he changed the way he, th- he was throwing his right hook. It was not the same hook. Right. He would either throw it textbook or he would almost have like he was whipping it a little bit. Yeah. And he was and he was getting all of it when he was landing on that, and so it was. You ha- you have to give that to Terrence Crawford. Yeah, I mean that was uh, again master class, uh, and Errol Spence didn't really seem to have any defense for it at that point. And yeah. I and I just want to yeah. I just want to say, man. So anybody out there, well, something wrong with Errol? So, yeah, what's wrong with Errol is he fought Terrence Bud Crawford, and Crawford <laughs> was and Crawford was 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 ready for the moment. I right, what do you what do you say about that, Ivory? No, I mean that's exactly what it is. I mean that that was that was pro Bud. That wasn't that wasn't con uh, 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 Errol Spence. Right now, what my my, my other question is, uh, or some of the, the the rumors and things I've heard about was how he cut weight. A lot of folks talking about how he cut weight different this time, and this time he he sat into. I was reading something, and it, it was a a story about how he told somebody. And he sat in the in the sauna for thirty minutes, an hour or something, and, and didn't sweat, something like that. So, I, mean, he, I don't know if he changed up his method, changed up his method on how he cuts weight or anything. But listen, you've been doing it this long; you got multiple belts. You should have a regimen. You should have a, a ready go routine it, on how you're going to cut weight and get ready for big fights. So, 
No, I'm with you, man. I don't want to hear any of those excuses. Both of these guys are at the top of their game. One is just a little bit higher. And, and I'm talking about on the I'm talking about on the totem pole. Absolutely. Not, on the, not in the clouds. Right. Not no. in the clouds. A- a- absolutely. Well, let me, let me tell you something, man. And and, and let, let's let's just say this real quick, right? Because people think, well, the fight, you know, the result is the re- is the re- is the result that it is because of what happens in the ring. Listen, if if let's just say for some reason the way he cut weight is 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 what caused the performance that he had, although we're not saying that. I'm just saying hypothetically, that's still on them. That's still a miscalculation yeah. on their part. They get the L yeah. because they miscalculated that. You know what I mean? Uh, there's so much that happens in the ring because of what happens in preparation for these fights. I mean, that's the whole reason why training camps are the, the, the most crucial part of what happens in the ring. So uh, you, again, you still cannot take any credit away from Terrence, Wood Crawford, if any miscalculation was made in the Spence camp, that's on them. They have to own it. And, and, and that's where we are now. Yeah. And you do get the sense that they, and you alluded to, it, you said, Hey, it almost seems like you think he thought he had it in the bag. You know, some people were saying that, you know, that he looked afraid and but i think i think you're correct when you when you said that it seemed more like he thought he had it in the bag and so this could be a a, a case of probably one of the biggest cases of underestimating somebody in the history of the sport <laughs> and i you don't know? Yeah. Like, i mean because how do you underestimate <laughs> bud crawford it's almost like when tyson fought buster douglas you know I, he, he thought he had that in the bag i mean i don't want to say he looked at crawford as a buster douglas but he probably did think he had it in the bag. I mean, listen, just based off negotiations, right? And, and from what I understand, when these guys negotiated the terms to this fight, uh, it was said, okay, that you know, as far as rematch clause goes, that the winner would, uh, excuse me, that the loser would have the option to call for a rematch, right? It would be their option if they wanted the rematch or not. But the winner would have to say, okay, if we're having a rematch, I get to tell you what, at what weight. And that to me is, is it looks like fingerprints of Errol Spence Jr. in his camp saying, we'll give this dude a rematch, but we're going to make him fight us at 154. Yeah. And again, so not saying that he was looking over him or looking past him, but maybe a little bit of miscalculation there. Right. And and Bud Crawford called it. Bud Crawford called it. I remember seeing those guys kind of go back and forth maybe a year ago. And Bud Crawford said, all right, now when I beat him, y'all going to say we need to jump up. Y'all going to tell me we need to jump up yeah. to 154 because he wasted all his time at 147 and he ain't ready. And he called this this whole thing how it was going to play out. So, listen, whether they do it or not, in my mind, I expect Crawford to take care of business once again. And now my next question for Crawford, not to push us too far ahead, are you going for that 50 and 0? Are we doing that? That's doable. I mean, it's, it's n- nowadays 35 ain't more, that old, you know? Fights? Well, well, look. Ten more fights than 35-year-olds? Let, let, let's talk about that, right? Yeah. Because, you know, whether the rematch happens or not, let's let's project a little bit there. Like, what what is out there for Terrence Bud Crawford? Let's say he gets the rematch. Okay, yeah. he gets the rematch. And then what's next, right? Uh, what, 154, you know, the undisputed champion there is Jamel Charlo. Jamel Charlo has a little bit of business to attend to in Canelo Alvarez later this year. Um, yeah. it, so that's not necessarily an option. Interesting enough, Jamel Charlo, the stablemate of Earl Spence, um, you know, also trained by Derek James. Um, so it, it's interesting, right? That fight is kind of maybe off the table, probably for at least another year. I'm assuming because of the timetables and yeah. whatnot. So 
I, I, you know, Fernando, me and you were looking at the at the uh, at the one fifty four pound division. I don't see any fights there that excite me or make any kind of sense for Terence Crawford. No, I mean, there's nobody there that could beat him. Um, if he stayed at welterweight, you know, he's got the option of you know boots and his and Ennis. Yeah. By the way, same thing. Same I'm, thing. I'm gonna tell you guys same right thing. now. Yeah. I'm just gonna spoiler alert that fight ends in seven rounds. <laughs> spoiler alert. You know, <laughs> just letting y'all know right now. Boots and it says he wants to smoke, but I, I promise you, once he's in the smoke, he's not gonna. He's gonna wish he never asked for it. Um, so no, uh, Virgil Ortiz, he's too. He's not ready. Right. He's got. He's got a lot to work out and a lot to worry about. So, so no, <laughs> Keith Thurman, no. Uh, there's nobody at 147 that could that can that could beat him. You go up to 154, and me and Noso were looking at the rankings. We're like, man, who the hell's gonna beat him at 154? There's nobody there. Nobody. We went up to right. 160, and we're like. Well, maybe some of these guys can enjoy a size advantage, but who can really beat him skills-wise? You know, uh, Triple G's on his way out. Uh, Jermel, Jamal Charlo is taking, you know, time out. So we really had to go up to 168 to see somebody that can maybe, <laughs> like... We're all, we're all the way up to super middleweight yeah, now. Yeah. About who can give this guy right. a fight. So, you know, Canelo could probably give him a fight. And at this point, I mean, I don't want to sound crazy, but, I mean... He could probably beat Canelo. He could probably edge him. I mean, okay. he could Time probably out. edge him. Time out. Don't you start with me right now. Don't you I mean, start with me right now. Skills-wise. I'm going to say skills-wise. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no nothing realistic being made there. But, I mean, it almost looks skills-wise like, hey, he could probably do something to Canelo. Hey, he, he, you know what? He's in that He's in that position in his career, and he's so great as far as the skills and, and the technical side of it that he – that. It's about time at 35 years old, and maybe about time for old fighters to move up in weight because they think because they feel like they have the the smarts for it. They could relinquish a little a little speed and athleticism because they have the smarts, and maybe they don't want to keep up and cut weight like they need to, like they used to back in the day. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he goes forward at 35 years old. Do you kind of move up and wait, let go a little bit, kind of like a Bernard Hopkins, and just kind of rack up and just beat guys with your brain? Right. Or do you stay locked in physically and cut weight and all that? I, I think, in, in my honest opinion, where Crawford goes from here at 35, big fights. Big, big Has fights. Has to be, right? Has Make to be. the money on your way out. You don't want to be there past 38, 39 years old what, looking for another big fight. Take them now where you can get them. And, and, and to that point, yeah. and to that point, you know, let's say a rematch does or doesn't happen either way. Do you allow him to go ahead and send Triple G on his way just so he can make the money? Because I think people will still buy yeah. into it because it's Triple G. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be competitive. Yeah, but it, it's a big yeah. fight. It's and, not necessarily a competitive that, that's, fight. That's, yeah, and, I mean, that, and that's that's the point. That's the point where he's at in his in his career. I mean, it's going to be a big fight because it's Triple G, but. I think most of us feel like he can take care of Triple G, no problem. So I mean, and look, yeah. and I look, think it's almost it's it's almost Mayweather like. Yeah. You know, and you're almost at a point to where I'm gonna start picking and choosing guys. They're gonna be big fights because my name is involved in it too. So you know, and I can just kind of pick and choose and rack up these last 10, 11 fights, and you know, finish as the best. Yeah, and look, I mean, uh, we saw what Kill Brook did to Triple G before he got stopped because of the eye injury. He was landing pretty good combinations. If I'm if I'm you know yeah. if I'm Crawford I'm looking at that hey I think I can do that too yeah, yeah. 
Let's make a payday. Let's yeah, make, let's a, let's make a payday. That. Yeah, That's for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, any any size advantage that Triple G might have could be negated with, you know, the age. So right. why not make something like that? And, and here's the thing, man. I just can't let my mind I, – I just don't want to start having conversations about super middleweight yet, 168 yeah. pounds. I don't see anybody who, who can touch no. Crawford in 54 or 60, and my mind just won't let me start – imagining or dreaming about super middleweight. I just can't go there yet. I almost, don't think that's realistic. Yeah, it almost seems like a video game. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem know? right, right? So so, so, so I'm not going to go there yet. Now, if, if, if those conversations start, I'll be ready to engage. I just don't yeah. want to go down that rabbit hole just yet because it just seems fantasy at this point. But, I mean, because, listen, weight class is for a reason, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Terrence Crawford is not – this large guy. I mean, he's definitely cutting weight to fight at 147. We know that. But I think, you know, I think Max is out at about 160. Uh, yeah. if, if you ask me, and again, I could be wrong on that. We'll have to see, man. I mean, he is 35, right? So we'll, we'll see how that ends up working out. But nevertheless, uh, let, let's have this conversation real quick. Uh, Ivory, you mentioned it, and I'm going to go ahead and say I agree. But the question is, okay, with this performance, Terrence Crawford is he number one pound for pound? And for all of you who are listening, I think if you listen to this podcast, you already know what pound for pound means. But what we're saying is, regardless, like if everybody was the same weight, if everybody was the same size, who would be the best fighter? So pound for pound, who was the best? Is Terrence Crawford number one? Fernando, what is your response to that? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, uh I was thinking, had the fight been competitive or been a close decision or something, I would have leaned a little bit to keeping it towards Inoue just because he had an amazing performance as well that week. Uh, but no, you know, what he did to – what Crawford did to Spence was just, you know, overwhelmingly dominant. It was just – there was no question, no question who was a better fighter. And, you know, to a guy that was a, another pound-for-pounder, to me there's no uh, – no debate. Number one, pound for pound, best fighter in the world right now is Terrence Crawford. Number two, Naoya Inoue. And I think, you know, I think those are the one and two. Those are one and two for sure. Yeah. Ivory, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, uh, maybe Canelo can, can snatch one of those spots back if he goes out there and, and, and shows well against uh, Charlo. But, yeah, I mean, to do a guy like Errol Spence like that, and you're already Bud Crawford at 40 and 0. Come on, man. You know, that's in my mind. And plus, you know, plus I already had him win it. So yeah, that's that's pound for pound for me. Yeah, I no, agree. No arguments. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't I don't know. And in all respect to in a way, who I do believe is number two on the list, uh like you guys believe so as well. Um with that kind of Crawford again, uh, with that kind of performance by Terrence Crawford against yeah. that kind of opposition in Errol Spence, to have a performance like that. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly rank anybody else at number have one. You, have y'all seen a 35-year-old look like that, though? You you asked me that. You're going to make me start digging into and try to find some ages. I mean, just Bernard I mean, Hopkins probably. Mayweather, like, yeah. Mayweather wasn't fighting that type of competition. Bernard Hopkins, he was still getting getting it in at 35. He didn't look at like Crawford did. I mean, he, that's not his style of fighting, but. He didn't look that impressive. Terrence Crawford was like super, super, super impressive. Well, and I just, I just can't. 
I can't think of nobody. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Listen, Bernard Hopkins was very impressive. Did he have that kind of performance? I don't. I mean, right. he had some pretty good performances. I, mean, I, I think uh, the Tarver one's a legendary one because sure. of how one sided he made that look. Right. He didn't knock him out, right? Uh, but I mean, he won almost every round of that fight, and and Tarver was a favorite a, a lot, with a lot of people right. for that fight. Everybody said I don't, that. I, I don't think. I don't think Tarver was on Errol Spence's level not right now that Earl is on right now. Well, I mean, he was kind of riding his high because he had knocked out, he KO'd Roy Jones, and he had avenged his loss to uh, Glenn Johnson. Right. So he was kind of riding a wave at that point, and, you know, he was kind of known as the guy that, you know, you beat him controversially and he'd get you in the rematch. Mm. He was like the kind of like a rematch king. Go ahead. Because Tarver wasn't, Tarver wasn't a heavy hitter. Bernard Hopkins was a harder puncher, even even in his older age. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Earl Spence is a harder puncher than Roy, Roy Jones might disagree with you though. Right. <laughs> 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 I feel you. I feel you. That was like but a funeral now, at I'm, my I'm, house. I like. I don't. I can't. I just. You know. I can't. I can't think of one, man. That was I, tough. I think. I think it's just because of of the the way he was able to. Do. To do uh, Errol Spence, you know, and we always say he just Styles, did him bad, man. yeah, Styles make fights, you know. Uh, he read him like a book, man. He read him like a book from from after the first round. I mean, it was over, but you know, yeah. you, you can make arguments for other fighters, and I keep going back to uh, to Hopkins because I mean, he did it in his forties as well, right? You right. know, that's an age yeah. when most fighters yeah. start re- retiring. I mean, he did it at fifty. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, what Bernard Hopkins did as far as longevity goes is I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of run again. No. Maybe you know what? Maybe Juan Manuel Marcus. You know, uh, he was really good late into late in his thirties. That's true. Um, you know, we saw what he did to Pacquiao. You know, uh, so you know Marcus. Yeah, I would say Juan Manuel Marcus. Maybe he was not as dominant as Crawford was, by no means. And, and I think that's what Ivory's getting yeah. to. Yeah. It's just yeah. the kind of performance. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying that yeah. fighters haven't yeah. been successful at that age. It's that yeah. kind of performance yeah. on that kind of stage yeah. against that kind of opposition. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just I, that's something we yeah. could debate yeah. all day long, yeah. though. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, it's hard to find somebody at that age kind of have that moment. You know. Uh, that kind of like a coming out party at that age, right? If if you're a hardcore we're, fan, we're, he's been out. You know, we've known that he's a great fighter, but right. for the mainstream yeah. and the casuals, you know, yeah, I mean, after it, well, this is the fight we were yeah, waiting for. Yeah, this this was the kind one. of yeah, matchup, sure. you yeah. know, and 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 now that it's happened again, you can't, you yeah. you just can't help but yeah. be in awe yeah. with just how it, per- impressive it and, was. And at the end of the day, man, even it, Super Bowls can be one sided. You know, sure. Hey, you know, I've seen a fifty five uh, to ten right. Super Bowl, so it happens. It happens. You know, they just happen in a big fight. You know. Um, real quick, man, I do want to pivot here real quick. Uh, and again, man, Terrence Crawford, I think we all agree, number one pound for pound after yeah. that, uh, after this weekend, uh, just beating Errol Spence. And I look forward to seeing if they actually make the rematch, hap- rematch happen and, and see how that goes. But listen, also, uh, almost just as impressive. I'll just take it just one little, because level opposition and not trying to knock anybody here, but uh, the monster in a way. Uh, uh, boy. He had a very similar performance. He went out there and blew away his opponent, yeah. uh, uh, Stephen Fulton. I, I, I think that, uh, again, before because it happened a couple of days yeah. before uh, Crawford Spence, people were riding that high saying, I don't know, in a way might be the best fighter on the planet, pound for pound, and justly so. Because, again, yeah. another very impressive performance by the monster. Yeah. Well, when I saw the fight, I said, man, I said, Crawford ain't like that. He didn't like that. I I was just like, man, you know, I think I did a, a, it was, it was the right choice to put him at number one. When I penalized Crawford and Spence last year, I said, man, I think I did the right choice. This guy's number one. Yeah. I mean, uh, he won every round against uh, uh, Fulton. Domination. But but I did say that was going to happen. I don't think I said it too much on the podcast, but 
I was telling everybody else, you know, look for a six-round knockout. I was off by a couple rounds, but with eight knockouts, you're not going to get anyways respect. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what no. weight class you're, you're in. If you only got eight knockouts right. and 20-some-odd victories, you are not going to get anyways respect. And, right. and, and, he's, and he's proven this throughout the weight classes. I mean, he, ha- he doesn't take tune-ups. You know, he comes up to every to every weight class that he comes comes up to. He says, "Give me the top dog, so that I can knock him out." Right, and and that, and that's what he did uh, with with Fulton. Fulton was, in my opinion, the best at one twenty two. Yeah, in the way yeah. asked for him, he got him, KO'd him. I mean, just domination, knockout, just just whooped him. And by the way, I, I really enjoyed watching him jabbing to the body, jabbing to the body, working his body, just slowing him down. When you get a, a fast mover like that, you want to work their body. You know, you invest in the body early, they will not move later in the fight. Go ahead. Go let, ahead me ask, let me ask you, for, let me ask you, Fernando, um, because we have the, you know, Latin fighter, you know, we have that that kind of style, you know, not really a lot of defense. They're going to punch today till their arms fall off. <laughs> um, you know, you got you got some kind of some some American fighters, you know, you got some Mayweathers that like to dance around, look pretty and throw two punches around, you know, stuff like that. What 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 is the Asian style? What is what's the difference in Asian fighters well, and, and that I'll you tell you see when everybody else? And I'll tell you the the Japanese style of fighting is and I've heard it from different people. If you fight a, a Japanese fighter, take a lunch bag with you. It's gonna be a long day because they have a tremendous, tremendous amount of heart. That's just the 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 first trait that they yeah. have. But they usually they're, they're very explosive, very fast, very explosive uh, you know, kind of a textbook style, but if you watch, I mean, look how in the way throws his punches. I mean, everything has some pop in it, and mo- most Japanese yeah. fighters kind of use that speed, but you know, like a boxer puncher mm-hmm. type of style. Mm-hmm. And uh, most most yeah. Japanese fighters have that. Um, uh, another uh, interesting characteristic of Japanese fighters: a lot of them don't have very long careers. You know, historically, you know, once they take that first L, they do retire. It isn't until just kind of <laughs> like recent years we've been seeing fighters kind of from Japan stick around because. But you know, there's you can go down the list. You know, of a lot of champions who retire with one loss. Uh, you know, after yeah. the first loss, so there's a so there is a, a lot of pride, a lot of a lot of pride, a lot of a, it's a, a prideful tradition uh, in Japan. They have a great uh, boxing tradition, by the way. Any any anybody listening to this podcast, go on YouTube and look up you know top ten Japanese boxers. I mean, there's a there's yeah. a list of legendary Japanese fighters that you know the American public doesn't know about, but right, fantastic boxers, great style. I mean, I almost feel like you a know, lot. At- I, I'm I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I was gonna make a point. You know, I almost feel like even not until just recently, people are even starting to learn about uh, in a way. And he's in a yeah, tremendous anyway, fighter. Yeah. You know, I don't know why. You know, some of these fighters don't get as much coverage. I mean, ob- obviously us as boxing fans, we know all about them. Yeah. It, but but the general public seems to not. Yeah. You know, if if Inoue knew a well, little I, bit of English, he'd be a superstar. He'd be Pacquiao, man. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing I've noticed about. You know, and I, and I think that's not just boxers, but this Asian athletes. That's just the pride of, no, you're not going to make me speak your language and live your culture. I'm still going to do my thing, speak my language. If you want to see me, you have to come over here. You know, like travel becomes an issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that some of that is 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 just the the heart and pride of the of the Asian athlete. And you know, they already have, you know, dance the athleticism, dance and gymnastics. They have that that part of the game sewed up so you know you put some power and put some size behind it and, and look what you can get absolutely man uh i agree and again i, I think 
you know, I, I look forward to seeing, you know, where in a way goes with this. Cause when we were talking about in a way last time, Fernando, you said that you thought he might be maxed out at that weight class, but he's, he's you know what? The conversation is that he's going up now. You know what? Uh, yeah. After seeing that performance, I kind of get it just like with Crawford. I can see him at 126 <laughs> now. I, I can see him at 126 now for see, sure. You've been convinced. Run. I can see him at 126 now. You know, you got, you know, but uh, I, I now I think, hey, maybe he tops out at 130. You know, <laughs> let, let's see him fight uh, Oscar Valdez, right? Here we go. Listen, well, that's the thing, right? Uh, they say, don't let your boss know you're too good at something. They're going to ask you to do it all the time. Well, listen, if you guys are that good at fighting, why, why don't you go and move on up a couple weight classes? Of, I want to see how you look up there now. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, I think uh, that's another great thing that we get to look forward to. You know, what happens next with the monster? Obviously, what is going to happen next? With Terrence, but Crawford, will the rematch happen or who? It looks like you got some here, Fernando. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was just gonna add, you know, to anybody who's interested in, in Japanese boxing, look up Yoko Kushiken, amazing KO artist from for his era from back in Japan. You know, he retired after after taking his uh, first L, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Look him up if, just for entertainment purposes. You know, educate yourself, find out find out uh, about a good Japanese boxer, Yoko Kushiken. Look him up on YouTube. You'll be entertained for sure. There you go, man. There you have it. Uh, listen, real quick. Uh, speaking of uh, boxers and 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 their you know cultural backgrounds, uh, can can we just mention this real quick before we close out the show? Yeah. How about a career for the Filipino Flash, Nonito Donaire? Huh? He he gave us he gave us some great years. Obviously, fell short yeah. this past weekend on the yeah. undercard of Spence Crawford, but has always been a joy to watch. Could uh, wouldn't you say so, Fernando? Yeah, and he indicated he wants to continue, but I would like to see him retire. You know, uh, he's obviously slowed down a step. He, he's still good to compete with a lot of a lot of the guys there. But do you think he's going to continue? He he indicated that he wanted to continue. Okay. I I would hope not. You know, at his peak, he was you know the second best fighter in the Philippines next to, you know. Well, of course. You know, <laughs> but that's still, a, that's still a great compliment. That's saying something. And he was knocking people out. I mean, you know, uh, Jorge Arce, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, I, I can get into it, but he was knocking people out. And he was sleeping them. Victor Chinian. Oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just, uh, yeah. you know, explosive guy. He had a, he had a kind of a interesting style of, of fighting himself. Very explosive. Uh <laughs> But yeah, man, he, he's a Hall of Famer for sure, and, and I, I would like to see him retired for sure. He's forty years old. Enjoy your family. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. man. Seems to have him his his you know his self still together, all his faculties kind of in place, and uh, yeah, I just uh, you know I've been I don't know I've been reading, hearing that maybe. He is now considering that retirement. That's a come I wanted to bring that up here okay. before we ended up the show. But again, hopefully he does. We'll hopefully see. Does, we'll see. Know. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, you listen, man. And, and any time a fighter. You know, who has had a decades-long career of getting hit in the face and risking your well-being. Anytime you can get out of it with your faculties intact and some money, you won. Yeah, absolutely. You won. You won the long game. Get out, man. Absolutely. Enjoy your family. Yeah, That's the new era right now, right? That's, that's Mayweather put it out there. For sure. I'm not... I'm not I'm not in this thing to leave on a on a on on a stretcher or leave needing a walker. You know, I'm the game is to hit, not be hit, and if I can leave with some money, let's do it. And I think that's the era, or that's the you know the thinking that that is kind of set for this new this new generation or this this generation right now and going forward. So now the question for Bud Crawford: How do you go for that 50, 51 and zero? If you do, how much punishment are you gonna are you willing to take for it? You know and 
You know, that's that's we'll, we'll see going forward, man. It's it's going to be an interesting road ahead for Bud Crawford just to see how the stars end up aligning for him. I think we now, yeah. I mean, I think we've always known how special he is, but now he's really, you know, cemented that. Uh, I think there's just yeah. no question now. Um, and, and so it'll be very curious to see, you know, what, what decisions are made, uh, for his career going forward because he is 35 years old. Right. Uh, but I still think he's at the peak of his powers right now. So it'd be very interesting to see how things line up for Terrence Bud Crawford. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll kind of be out there commercially kind of mainstream a little bit more, but like to what level, I mean, no, do, do uh, what level does he go? Does he go get new teeth? Does he finally does he finally leave the house and comb his hair now? Or is he still in grind mode? Hey man, you know, that we'll see. He should we'll be getting see. Sugar Ray Leonard uh, exposure, man. He should be uh, <laughs> he should be on TV, man, like like Hagler and, and all those big names, man. Hey man, I wasn't ready for that. I I wasn't ready for that, man. And, clo- and all I'll say all I'll say about let's go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. That's one thing. I, that's one thing I was talking about in our last one of our last episodes. It just seems Arrow was is a little more, little more Hollywood, a little more out there, a little more look at me. And Bud always in the pocket. Don't comb his hair. Won't get his teeth fixed. <laughs> did you see? Did you see how ashy it was at the? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, in grind mode, man. I'll say this: uh, Arrow Spence gonna have to refix his teeth. Isn't he? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, and this, and this, all I'll say, you know, in conclusion, with, with uh, you know, for, about Crawford, I'm gonna say this: Ali, Leonard, Duran, Hagler, Hearns, yeah. Pacquiao, Crawford. Wow! Throw the man's name in there. He he, he deserves it. Yeah. All time great. He said we're looking at an all time great show in Terrence Bud Crawford. Hell yeah! And it's hard to argue that, man. Yeah. It's hard to argue that, especially at this point, fellas. Thank you all so much for chopping it up with me today, man. I I love when we get to get together here and talk about the sweet science. Uh, Fair ones and fairways, man. Another edition uh, coming your way. Uh, And and listen, we got some things cooking. We got some things cooking. So just continue to follow us, follow the brand, listen to the podcast, check it out. Fernando, appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you, man. And as always, it's a pleasure being here with you guys. Uh, For those that haven't, check out our YouTube video, man. That's right. Uh, I know it's a little late, but good, still, check it out. Check and, it out. Check and, it out. Show us some love for sure. Some more of that coming up on the way. I appreciate you, my brother. No doubt. Let me let me get a plug in. Check out the Whatever You Say podcast. It's a, a podcast for the people, a platform of senseless and purposeful education and entertainment. I love that. I love that, man. Of course, my man, Ivory Towns. And your man, Noel Sosa, chugging up the deuce. I'll see you back here on the next one. And don't forget, until next time, y'all. Keep your hands up.